Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chidi Jacob, and here this morning to share with you today's episode of our ongoing everyday fellowship with the Word. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Holy Father, we thank you. We give you all of the praise and the glory. Thank you for the life that you have imparted unto us. Thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for watching over us. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you, Father, because your glory continues and will continue to shelter and to cover us wherever we are. Thank you for the light in our spirit. Thank you for taking us by the hand and guiding us every step of the way. Thank you for opening our heart and bringing us the true the truth that brings rest into our heart. We bless you, Father. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. We exhort you. We magnify you. We commend you, Lord. We extol you. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, we have prayed, and everyone this morning will say, Amen, and Amen, and Amen, and Amen, and Amen. My beloved brothers and sisters, I've been trying to share with you by the Spirit of God that this whole journey of our life, God never intended to make it complicated. And um, that revelation is more about on learning, coming down to a singular knowledge. It will make sense where Jesus says that um, the road that leads to destruction is wild and everyone goes into it. But the one that leads to life is narrow. It's narrow, of course, religion made us believe that what it means is that it's a painful road. No, it's narrow because it's a singular lane and that lane is one person and that person is Jesus Christ. People wonder, why must it be Jesus only? Don't forget, our righteousness is only secured in him. Our Whatever he is, is who we are. Our problem began because man lost his identity. In order to regain that identity is to see us, like see who we are supposed to be, who we are meant to be in the example of of Christ and keeping our eyes on him the bible said transforms us that means i look at him everything that has to do with me is looking at him i do not sit down and judge or condemn or regret my past no when i look at my past i see christ that is it. When I look at my past, I don't have no regrets from the past. I don't have anything I thought, oh, maybe I made the mistake here or maybe I did. No, Christ is my past. When I look at my past, the only thing I see is the perfection of Christ. Friend, this is what faith means. So when I think of my today, I think of my today that my today is Christ. Don't forget he's the same yesterday, today and forever. If I think about my future, I have nothing to be terrified about because Christ is also my future. That means my past is in him, my present is in him, my future is also in him. Praise God. Now, it will make sense why Jesus started telling them never to worry about tomorrow, right? It will not make more sense. And friend, this is what it means by having singular knowledge as opposed to trying to 
you know, it's, it, it's even burdensome. It's, it wears us out trying to figure out the left, the right, the center, the past, the present, everything, trying to reconcile them in your head. My brother, sister, have a rest because he that has saved you is your past, he's your present, and he is your tomorrow. Praise God. Amen and amen. And furthermore, this morning, remember, what did we say? Um, the last broadcast is was talking about what is this glory all about is that that one that is perfect is in us Christ embedded in us is the answer to everything Christ in us by his spirit don't forget Christ in us by his spirit that is the mystery that was hidden for ages and now been revealed, been unveiled, been made manifest. Praise God. Amen and amen. Furthermore, this morning, let me just use this narrative. I'm going to give you a narrative now to help you understand what I'm talking about. Like, let me use an example to explain to you why God's own way is easy. Man's own way might be harder. Now, I read a book, I once read a book written by uh, one of these uh, famous, one of the most famous leadership experts. His name is John Maxwell. By the way, John Maxwell used to be a pastor. John Maxwell. And please let me start with a disclaimer. This is not to say the good the book is good or bad. No, we are no longer judging good or bad. But what I want to show you is man's way of trying to make things right versus God's way of trying to make things right. Let me say it this way. Man's way of trying to make things right or versus how God has made things right. God is not trying because he has done it. Praise God. And so this book is about leadership, right? And the title of the book is 21 Irrefutable Laws of leadership 21 irrefutable that means this law is final these laws are changing these laws are you know when it comes to leadership these laws are what makes leadership leadership no don't, and don't forget it is 21 laws and uh, i read the book meticulously well written um, well researched well balanced and those things presented 21 laws, 21 ways a leader can excel. And so it has a good knowledge of how a leader can excel. And also it tells you, so not doing those things will mean that you are a bad leader or not a very good leader. That means evil. And so when you look at it very well, listen to me carefully, just like every other attempt man makes to make himself right or to make things right, it contained the knowledge of good and the evil. And don't get me wrong, I'm, did, I'm not criticizing the book. I'm just trying to tell you because listen, listen, before I continue, listen, my friends, there are too many, there are two ways that you can see life. And there are two main, two ways you can think. Just two ways. You are either thinking from the ground up or you are thinking from up down. Let me say it one more time. You are either thinking from the ground up or you are thinking from up down. Let me say it another language. You are either thinking 
from heaven down or you are thinking from earth up. Let me say it another way. You are either thinking from the God level or you are thinking from the man level. Okay, let me say it another way. It's either you are thinking spiritually or you are thinking carnally. You are thinking from the eyes of the spirit or you are thinking from the eyes of the flesh. Let me say it another way. You are either thinking about life or you think about things in God's way, God's level, or you are thinking in man's level. I need that to be clear to you. So when such books are written, such books are written from man's level, such books are written from the canal level, and it doesn't matter who says it or who does it. It's always going to contain the knowledge of good and evil. So beautifully written, and I, I, I poured through this book meticulously, line after line. Did you know what happened to me? At the end of that reading, at the end of studying these 21 laws, and why was I studying it? I know I lead people, so I needed to be better, needed to know more so that I can be better, so I can lead better, you know, more effectively. And did you know that at the end of reading this book, this book in my spirit was summarized for me with just one word. Just one word. These whole 21 laws, in my eyes and in my spirit, I saw a complete summary of these 21 laws in one word. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, beloved of the Lord, beloved of the Father. What is that one word summary? Love. That book was summarized for me in one word, love. I realized that if I have love in my heart, I will do not just these 21 things that he has listed, but I will even do more. The difference is that I don't have taglines or laws for them. But don't forget, in his own attempt for me to do all these things, number one, I have to remember all the 21 laws. I have to remember all the 21 laws, eternalize them, have them inside my mind, or write them down, and to know which one to operate at which time. Number two, for me to operate them, I have to be in the best of mind and circumstance to be able to operate those laws. I have to be, that's my mind have to be in a, my mind and emotions have to be in a right place and every circumstance have to be right for me to operate them. Oh, beloved, how many times have you known what to do, right? But when it gets there, you are just so angry, you couldn't do it. Oh, you know you should forgive, of course, you know you should forgive. Uh, but the pepper, the, what they did to you so much, you know, peppering you that uh, forgiveness goes out of the window, you lash out of anger. It's not that you didn't know that to, you know, that you shouldn't lash out of anger. How many times have even somebody tried to teach you so much about faith, how to have faith, and the teacher, when the circumstance of life happens to him, his own faith goes away from his window. That is the problem. I might know the laws in my head, but don't forget, all things have to be right for me to be able to operate them. Thirdly, 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 and more importantly, again, don't forget, I never said the book is bad. I'm just trying to to x-ray for you this morning the difference between having a singular knowledge of God or trying to know everything 
and trying to bring it down to the realm of application so that you can see and judge by yourself which one is easier, which one can everyone do. Now, thirdly, is that this knowledge is exclusive to only those who can read those laws and understand them. You have to have enough education. If I give that book to my mother, right? If the only way to lead is by that book, I give to my mother, who is a good woman, but not lettered, can read and write. It's useless, right? Because she cannot read, she cannot understand. And even if I try to break it down to her in my local language, it's also complicated. So that means such laws is exclusive is only available to those who can read, write, and understand. And so for the majority who are unable to read, write, and understand, perhaps such laws, they will never be able to operate such laws. But brothers and sisters, please hear me out this morning. I hope this will help you understand what I've been trying to tell you. That my work is not, I'm not looking for how best to tell a man how to help himself. If we all could help ourselves and be perfect in ourselves, we would have done it for by now. There's no man who doesn't wish to be better. Every man tries in their own way to be better and to do better. So if we could do it by our own strength and abilities, we would have become perfect by now. But listen to me, to what I just shared with you this morning. Did you know that whether you are poor or whether you are rich, whether you are illiterate, or literate? Did you know that everybody understands love? Did you know that? Did you know that you don't have to be lettered to understand the language of love? Did you know that a child understands the language of love? That a child born who, who is not speaking yet can understand, can read love and express love? Did you notice that? So you don't have to be lettered. You don't have to have a PhD to understand love, to read. Every human being can read and understand the love, the language of love. And guess what? God is love, isn't he? And so that means that all the solution to all these things these people are trying to say is that if love is in my heart, you know, I will be a good leader. Now, watch this very, very carefully. Watch this very, very carefully. And so the other question I will ask, so if it is pastor, if you say it's this way, so should we now, and should we now start teaching people why it is so good to love and why it is evil not to love? Beloved, if we do that, which is what religion does, we are also going back to the knowledge of good and evil. We are also going back to the law of how to do well and how not, and not to do evil. So what is the answer, beloved brothers and sisters? What is the language of the Spirit? What is the message that comes from heaven? Behold, the message is that man must know and experience God's love. We must tell man how much God loves him. And what is the, that what beloved, what is the work of the Spirit? To continue to help man to enjoy the mercies of God, to enjoy the goodness of God, to enjoy the continual miracles of God, regardless of who he is and what he has done. And what is the purpose? So that means 
He can read it. He can understand it. He knows he doesn't deserve. So all these things that were taught to us that was dependent on us deserving it is not the language of God. The language of God is the unconditional love. And why is that important? Because for man to love, he has to have love in his own heart. Don't forget, no man can give what he does not have. So the man receives this love, knows that God loves him without condition, knows that God's mercy is new every morning, regardless of how bad his yesterday was, that God refreshes his his mercies, and that God continues to protect, watch over him at all times, not because he deserves it. Why? To melt his own heart in love. And if this love is in his heart, he will be able to do what my brother John Maxwell was trying to teach in 21 Laws. That man, whether he's illiterate, he will love. Whether he is literate, he will love. Whether he's a boy, he will love. Whether he's a child, he will love. How? Because the love of God is now present in his own heart. Without reading 21 fundamental laws, that man, wherever, whether he is just a leader of himself, or whether he's a leader of his family, or whether he's a leader of 10 men, 20 men, 5 men, 30 men, 50 men, 100 men, millions, or whether he's a leader of nation, that love that is in that man's heart will flow through in his decisions and actions. Now, can you see man's way versus God's way? God's way is always easy. God's way is always accessible. That means that singular knowledge I have to have is, don't forget, how was this love of God demonstrated to us in practical terms? The Bible said, for God so loved the world, he demonstrated this love by giving us Christ, right? And so Christ in my heart will mean the love of God in my heart, knowing that who he is. Did you know that is? When hearts are angry, that's when they judge. That's when they condemn. That's how they, that's when they want to revenge because there's anger in their heart. But if love is in the heart of a man, that man's attitude, whether that man be a leader or not, that man is a manifester. Let me say it of love. Beloved, I just presented this example this morning to tell you why Rather than trying to know everything, we have to know the one thing that we ought to know. What is that? We are one as Christ. He lives in our heart. Whatever he is, is who I am. I don't judge myself. If I don't judge myself, I will not judge others. I accept that Christ is my past, he's my present, and he's my future. Oh, what a peace and joy and peace comes to my heart. And when that is in my heart, that which is in my heart flows in every other thing that I do. Have you seen how this glory transforms us from one level of glory to another? And what is it transforming us into? The full image and the full character, the full nature of Christ. Amen and amen. All right, I'm going to stop here and I'm going to come back to you again tomorrow by the grace of God. Let me apologize in case you didn't get yesterday's message is because I did not send out any message yesterday. I got, um, you know, uh, kind of occupied with many things in the morning and throughout yesterday. So I was unable to send out the message. Let me apologize for that. And I hope today has filled the in. Please don't forget this glory is tangible. This glory is here. This glory is real. This glory transforms 
all of us from within and to make us to be that real image of Christ. That when our children look at us, they see Christ. When those around us, when every man encounters us, they can encounter Christ, knowing that we are the real, the living, breathing, walking, talking expressions of God. Please don't forget this morning you have been served. Shalom.